0: We're talking about like a three, we're trying to break down into three phases, so I would think it would start with when you first start working as a young person, because that's when you really start.
1: Before you go, welcome to losing it. My name is Zach, I'm joined by Corey and Maggie. Today we're talking about livelihood, our understanding of success, and how that has changed since our childhood.
0: We have a special guest, Brandon Fingerman with us. What's up? Had to use your full name because it's just too good to be true. It is too good to be true. Also teaches guitar. With a name like that, it's hard to believe.
1: Why did we bring you on this episode?
2: You're asking me I'm asking you. why you brought me on this episode. <laughs> on this
1: episode about a successful career, what that looks like. Why like you know that's, that's a fun. great question.
2: I don't know why you brought me when you're looking for somebody with a successful career. Because I am big a big part of the gig economy. Like I'm directly affected by everything that changes with the gig economy as, you know, friggin' pandemics happen and as... Uh, we get more and more of an understanding of how to use social media to like make your livelihood go if you count on people um, just like finding you versus the traditional route of going to get a job that your days are set for you, mine are set by myself, Mm -hmm. I do it, I do the whole thing I'm the marketing, I'm the secretary, I am the person that does the job and then I'm you know, the person that cries at night when it doesn't work.
1: Do you really cry? No, I don't all cry at night. And you don't just do like one job, though. There's, no. <clears throat> there's a few different pops that you got boiling. What, what, what all do you do? And you can plug if you want to.
2: Do you, do you have time for all of them? We've got probably like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's just less than enough time for all the different <laughs> jobs that I do. So my main income is split between uh, being a private guitar instructor Uh, and also being a dog sitter and both of those things how they're different than what you normally would think of is I do dog sitting in people's homes so it's the alternative to going to like your classic kennel I bring the kennel to the house so if somebody wants to go out of town and have their dog sleep in the same bed that they're used to have the same smells they are used to I offer the hey I'll pretend to be you for two weeks
1: how do you make sure that you smell like the owners?
2: you I can't disclose (laughs) that's an industry that's an industry secret and then I do guitar teaching the same way so instead of having a building I go to I travel to my student's location Um, and then in the last year I've picked up Zoom and or Skype or FaceTime to do some of the lessons that way so all of my work entails going to the place, going to the person, going to the dog, whatever it might be. Um, and I, too, dabble in the wizardry of podcasting, <laughs> where I talk about Instagram dogs on Doggy Club. Okay. Doggy Club's
0: the name of the podcast.
2: Yes, you got that right. Doggy Club's the name of the podcast. And
0: is there an Instagram for
2: Doggy Club? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's Doggy Club Podcast on Instagram. Okay, cool. And you can find it wherever find podcasts are found.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so speak to me a little bit about... (laughs) You guys are dumb. (laughs) How did you even get into this, like, hodgepodge of different, like, jobs? Because, I mean, it doesn't seem like that's the sort of thing that you're like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this and then you make your plan and go out and do it. It just seems like something that probably
2: Yeah, you no, know, I got it. it. Yeah, go yeah. Okay, so my ver- what I do is is somebody's version it's like a bad version of somebody being like, "Hey, I want to I'm going to brew beer on the side and maybe someday if I dream big enough, I'll be a brewery." My version is like the real small-time not super extravagant version of that. I started teaching guitar on the side of my... what I'll say in quotation marks is was my real job when I was 18 I started teaching guitar on the side had a small, like, grouping of students and over probably, it was probably seven or eight years while it was like my side work that I was able to actually transition it into a real job but never by itself, there was always something else going on whether it was driving for Uber and Lyft, whether it was um, I don't know, with Corey, him and I outsourcing jobs for like music, uh, like uh, like soundtracks, even though it never paid much of anything, but like...
0: <laughs> you gotta start
2: small. We gotta start small, so it was always, it started, the things that I have now turned into like the using the gig economy to make my ends meet, if you will, never started that way, It's it's just a little tiny version of my... I turned my hobby into my life, career type thing.
0: Do you think it was more something you kind of <clears throat> fell into or it fell onto you? Mm. Or were you looking at things thinking ahead in <laughs> with the idea that <laughs> you
2: could grow it? To- no. <laughs> no. Thinking ahead is... I don't want to say it's not my strong suit, but I... So my partner is in uh, vet school and is about to graduate. So part of part of what I am able to do is you know based off of the concept that in the end we'll be able to have a life together that we've kind of tied our little boats together if you will like f- for an analogy we're going to we're going to make it through this thing one way or the other and i you know i don't love the idea of your typical 9 to 5 it's not really like my doesn't sound great to me so i definitely whether or not i was forced into what i'm doing or if i kind of like self-fulfilling prophesied my way to what i do i do it because i like it it leaves me with some free time during the day times when it's not like super dark out or super cold out because i thrive off of having some of that sunlighty daytime time to myself where i'm not stuck i don't want to feel stuck that's probably the whole reason i do what i do is because it the hours might be like 80 or 90 hours a week, but I don't feel stuck. Mm-hmm. If that, I don't know if that answers your
1: question. Kind of does. Yeah, because those think. 80 or 90 hours, for the most part, you're kind of choosing them or setting them.
2: Or oh yeah, I set, and it's to a fault. I mean, it's I I set everything that I do. <laughs> We got a cat scratch fever going on right now. I don't know yes, if it's gonna be picked doing, up.
3: You're doing great, honey. She doesn't
2: normally scratch on that. Huh? She's just excited. I you're
3: doing
2: great. <laughs> no, I set my own schedules, and and what's kind of crummy about the gig economy too, like it can go away. We've I've seen it go away like before my. Honest. What do you mean by that? Nice. Is it like a
1: specific gig that just disappears or? Oh no, it's this thing called COVID-19. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: yeah. It pretty much wiped out the gig economy. Really? I mean, Uber I'm sure. No, I, I, so I had stopped. I Ubered. Uh, okay. So of my dabblings in this gig economy, I Ubered in a very specific town, uh, college town for pretty much just football seasons and when kids were having parties and got too wasted to drive. So where I was at allowed me to do Uber and Lyft and make good money, but I had to work Friday night 9 p.m. to 4 a.m., Saturday night 9 p.m. to 4 a.m., and, you know, drive and get my car puked in and, like, drive the kids who are just wasted. And, you know, it's, it's okay for a minute, but I'm sure if you talk to another Uber driver, that had done it. They would probably say a similar thing like, "Yeah, it was cool for a year or two, but like, that is something. There's no passion. It's not like teaching guitar. It's not like hanging with dogs. It's that's not a passion project. I guess if you, you can't really turn that into a job unless you really, really mean it. And uh, so it was good for side money, but.
0: So it also seems like a portion of what you're talking about is satisfaction, fulfillment in the work that you do. Uh, as kind of a vital reason why you went this direction because just like you're saying you got out of the uber and lyft because there's no satisfaction in cleaning up somebody's vomit
2: no no so- it's kind of demoralizing yeah I mean like not to take anything away from you know a person in the janitorial realm or somebody who does you know or, or like a frontline worker um, somebody who works in infant care people Clean up puke for work all the time, so I'm hardly the first person so to have to do it. What
0: puts you off <clears throat> the idea of a normal, quote unquote, job?
2: Mm, that's a good question.
0: What was? Was there a moment? Was there a series of jobs? Was there a job in and of itself? that Just kind of.
2: Do we have time? Off. Do we have time for this?
0: Because it's deep. This
2: it. one. This one is kind of deep. This one's kind of like bring it tw- twirled into my soul put it a little on the bit. Table. i have a problem not so much with the the concept of you know doing an honest job to get an honest pay that, that's fine and it can be whatever you want i don't care if it's at a cubicle or in an office or wherever it's at i have a problem and we have maybe talked about this before but i have a problem with the way our school system is set up not talking about K through 12 I'm talking about the way colleges are set up where in a lot of ways you can have the skills and the capabilities and the interest for days you can have everything you need except money and when you you see the obstacle of money to and not what I mean is to go to the school you can you can have the test scores you can have the SATs you can get everything you need and then the last step is if you want to go to that four year school to get that degree Of course you can go the fiscally responsible route and go to a community college but still
0: there's also loans in place
2: (laughs) so that's that's my point you can have everything and then the last thing in your way is money well we've come up with a way to get around that that's pay me thirty thousand dollars go thirty thousand dollars into debt every single year to take out these loans to go to a school Mm. and then you go right into what I, in my head is just kind of like a, a, a gross system of your, you have to do these steps to get to the job that may or may not be a passion. It could be, but if you don't play ball and we're talking about 18 year old kids, sometimes 17 year old kids who don't know, Yeah, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people that, Are saying, yeah, I got my degree in blank. I don't use it at all. But it's but the problem is, we have almost been as like a society, you've been degreed out of these jobs that otherwise you would have plenty of people have plenty of ability to do them. So I mean, I'm certainly not enough information to get a conspiracy theory out of or anything like that. But I just don't love that we feel like it seems like. If you're not willing to play ball and and take out the loan or, or have somebody who maybe put uh, uh, um, like money away for you to go to college, if you don't have that, take out a loan. Yeah, get in the system. So, give us your money. Yeah. I don't some, love that. Yeah. So for that's some it. added
0: context, were Please. you on the path to college? Was that ever your track that you found yourself on or that you were put on?
2: Yes, it was to, to play baseball in college. And then I decided not to play baseball because there was this... Cute guy up the street. He had blonde hair. <laughs> and he told me to come up one day to his house and we played music together. And his name was Corey, Corey Highland, wow. mm. And we were so young and we just ran. We just ran into each other. It was a giant
1: disappointment. And we haven't stopped thing. since. <laughs> okay. So, in a way, he kind of saved you from. <laughs> What your darkest timeline now is? Uh, well, that might not either have been your darkest timeline back then.
2: sure or Corey stopped me from getting a halfway decent job. Also, that so how, how is it that I'm responsible? You're always responsible. You made man. your own choices. No, I mean I was gonna play baseball in college if I continued playing. If I wanted to, I get. I mean I was good enough to definitely get to play somewhere to like right. play play in a school somewhere probably go to school that's that's kind of where the my feeling about this all kind of breaks apart is i probably had a pathway to get very cheap and or free school Mm -hmm. and something about the the my feeling of you have to have this degree you have to do this thing before we let you get this job and it just doesn't seem it's not that it even doesn't seem fair it just doesn't even seem real like that I'm fully capable of doing this or that or this or that with but I don't have the degree to tell to What did the degree get me? It got me friends that were paid for It got me, you know, and some people have humongously fond memories of college I never wanted it and I didn't get it, but also Corey and I traveled around the country and got those memories
3: it's also like you get the degree but then even getting a job after you get the degree you have to have all this experience actually (laughs) true when you were in college and it's just like another part of the system where like because that's what i went through is like i got the degree and then i got shot down because i didn't have all this experience yeah and then like it's almost like another part of the system is for the people that have those loans, it's almost like they have to take any job just to be able to pay those loans, and then that's why they don't use that degree. Yeah. And then, like, for me, I was fortunate enough to have my mom, she, like, set up a 529 plan, so I don't have student loans. Mm. Um Got Preach. my degree, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm really fortunate in that regard, but still... I don't know, like, still struggling to find a mm. job that I actually enjoy doing. Like, my... Definition of success has changed in that yeah. span of things as well.
2: It's hard to not feel like you're not you're just not just another cog
3: yeah.
2: in it, and that, and that what the work you're doing doesn't really matter when it's when it's set up the way that it is currently set up. And not that teaching guitar, or watching somebody's dog makes me feel like I matter anymore, but I know those are things that I'm good at, and I can offer those types of ser- like that service to to the end of me feeling good about what I can do and having other having my clients say, we really appreciate you. It's it's not like it's a
0: huge... It seems more of a personal satisfaction in that sense because you're right up front with where the labor is being applied. Right. There's yeah, my
2: expertise results. is... Yes, exa- my expertise is flat out. It's like, I can do this job. I've done it for all these people for all these amounts of years. Here's, quote, the proof in videos and or testimonials from other... Uh, dogs and clients and I can say this is how you know I can do what I do I can back up what I'm saying it's so simple it's almost like can we just in some ways can we just like go back to like the the bartering it, at times where it's just like I j- you
1: do this for me I do this for you and we'll I mean, just be cool that doesn't really work with
2: like software but <laughs> no it doesn't really work for software and and as things just ramp into a more You know, computer-driven, automated world. It's uh, what I'm talking about. Is well, what I do is replaced. Has already been replaced by. I don't know if
1: that'll happen though. I think people will still want to learn from an actual human how to play guitar, or they actually want like their dog to be taken care of by an actual person that cares about them.
2: I agree. And I wouldn't
1: f- want her a robot taking care of it. No,
2: no, but I totally agree. We, but I, what I mean is, we we definitely have gotten things. There's like Fender or like Musician on mm-hmm. on the internet. Like there are there's apps that have come out, or there is Wag that brings the dogs that are right to you, and they they seem like things that like oh I should just be on that service versus. Why would I even want to try to make it myself? Why would I want to try to build my own clientele list or my own business I can
3: relate to that.
2: when, yeah, when there's an app that you just, oh, just make an account on that app. Mm-hmm. Just shut I, up and don't try anymore. I think mm-hmm. a question
0: to <clears throat> challenge that idea, though, is if you were to actually look at the results of people who, for example, with a musician app, mm. if you could see the statistical data of people who actually... Stuck with playing guitar sure. from using that app alone versus people who had a one me, on one a, a Brandon, a more like personal t- and tactile experience with somebody who could identify where they're falling short.
2: Yeah, that's how people have described me as very tactile, tactilely, <laughs> tacky and tactile. Finger, <laughs>
0: fingerman.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the name.
2: Uh, it's that's gonna go on my new card. Fingerman, he's the most tactile. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what they say about me.
0: So you also did a lot of kind of more handy work, if I recall correctly, uh, such as instrument repair and oh. things like that. How how yes. significant was that uh, as a source of income for you? Because that was that wasn't that happening around the same time your lessons were taking off as well.
2: Yes, but that was through uh, but already somebody else's business, um, and it just was. The, the experience I got from f- being a repair like technician, somebody who could see a broken thing and rebuild it, um, or... or what kind of things exactly? I mean, everything. Guitars, drums, some electronics, uh, uh, like string instruments like violins and cellos and, and upright basses and everything. Uh, so you
0: just learned those skills on the job, or did yeah, you get certification?
2: I, uh, <laughs> certifications are for suckers no I had I had I wanted to take that's a a a sick (laughs) traditional tattoo certifications are for suckers no had I wanted to probably get any more serious if I wanted to take that mode of of a career to the next level it would have absolutely been necessary for me to get certifications um but
0: but you had your toes in the water
2: Oh, yeah, no, I had your wiring skills for sure. And the, the I guess probably the most interesting thing that's come out of all the years of me repairing and just not being afraid to rip something apart and put it back together is it's it just kind of works for my lifestyle now where I just I work on my car like I, I do all of my own vehicle repair. That's within my scope and I'm not just talking about oil changes and like putting an air filter in. Right. We're talking suspension work, anything that comes up. Yeah, that's why like my converters. That's that hit your best friend. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why that's why my car is at 300,000 miles is because I have watched everything like a hawk and just made sure that I've Taking the skills that I acquired that way into this current job, which requires me to put 50,000 miles on my car a year because I drive everywhere. So, yeah, gig economy, not great for your carbon footprint. <laughs> I hate to say it.
1: Well, what you're gonna get, I think, is, is mm. the crux of this. Maybe not the crux of this, but the whore crux, um, maybe. The whore crux of this. Hawk mm. crux? Um, horcrux? crux? crux? I think success success follows people like you, people that can, like, see a problem and try to solve it without necessarily having the answer before they try.
2: Oh, that's my... That's another one of my mottos. I don't have the answer, but I'm going to rip it apart and hopefully the answer's in there somewhere. Right. It's a long motto. It's,
1: <laughs> it's a long motto. But I think that's... You could also apply that logic to, like, your approach to college, where I think... You touched on this, but I think I I agree with you, one of the big problems with our schooling system is that kindergarten to 12th grade, you're kind of drilled with this mentality that, like, after this, you go to college. Yes, absolutely. And that's the right thing to do. And then there's a job waiting for you afterwards, Mm -hmm. which might have been true in somebody's generation, maybe the previous (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. But, like, I feel like when you're an 18-year-old person, you don't really have the wherewithal to challenge that because it's been drilled into you for so long.
2: It takes a real, real, like, confident 18-year-old to be like, I don't want to do this. I'm mm-hmm. doing this other thing. Uh,
1: this other path is not forged. Nobody's really tried. I mean, people have tried this, but, like, I don't know many of them because my peers are going to college.
2: Yes, um, for sure.
1: So, like, that sort of personality where, like, I'm going to try this and figure it out, I think that often leads down the path of success because I had a similar path where I could have gone to college. I, I had a full-ride scholarship waiting for me, mm-hmm. um, and I got two years into it and was like, yeah, I don't – Really feel right in this, mm-hmm. and I don't like the stakes of this. I think it was more what it was, where if I didn't stay on this path, you know, hazards awaited. Elsewhere, yeah, yeah. I guess.
2: It's a little, it's a little fear. It's like a little fear based,
1: mm-hmm.
2: because the, because the the uh, the opposite of going to college is you're gonna be homeless. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what it,
1: the extreme. Yeah. That's what it. But but there's no. It's also like oh, there's trade school, but that's like kind of there's the vocational
2: like. thing. Yeah, there's the vocational thing that they are seems to be more and more that is being pushed as we have less and less people to, you know, be, be plumbers or electricians or all the things that we still need. But it's, it's really put into our brains, at least in my experience, that if you don't do this college thing, if you don't you know, keep your grades up and have above a three point blank GPA that you're just a waste. Right. And even if nobody ever said it in those explicit terms, nobody's ever told, nobody's ever not said it. It's nobody's ever said, a, Hey, it's what take your time. It's what
1: we all like culturally agreed upon is yeah. the path to success. It's so like deviating from that has its own. It's dirty, man. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little gross. I don't know if it's dirty. Like it's, it's just it's naturally happened just... because like societally that's the most likely path that's going to lead to success. That's true. If you're
2: playing to like the me, the, the, the median, it's the, this is the, something that will work probably for the most amount of people. And I understand that for me, what I've done is not. Somebody might wake up in my shoes and see my bank account and see what my is on the docket for my day and be like, how on earth is this dude gonna live through this day? Mm. But for me, I can't. I mean, I can't even fathom the concept of wake up at 5:30 or 6 in the morning. Go, just because of the metro area that we live in sit in an hour and a half of traffic If depending on where your job is at on the beltway go down to job type away drive home in the same amount of traffic mm-hmm. and it's just on repeat forever mm-hmm. like not to sound a lot of people do it and a lot of people do it and, and some people want that consistency mm-hmm. and that's not me okay so I think
1: I don't know let me You've let me d- circle back to like the, the point of the episode mm. it's like in your eyes and in your perspective, do you feel successful, given, like, what you want out of life? Can I say that I'm about to feel
2: successful?
1: <laughs> I, so for the
2: last seven years, like I said, my, my, our, my boat has been tied together with Abby's. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, uh, rather, so she's about to become a veterinarian Yeah. in months. Very serious. We're months away from her being a doctor at 27. Yeah. Wow. So, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, in a lot of ways I feel like when my low like when I feel the worst about myself, when I feel the lowest about myself, I feel like the tiny little sucker fish that sits on the side of the big shark and cleans the algae Aww. off the shark. Aww. That's when I feel bad about myself because, you know, Abby is going to enter the world, the career world in her first serious job as as a the doctor. I mean, she's definitely had technician mm-hmm. jobs before. She's very well versed in the vet world. She's been in it for 5-6 years, but her big attempt at a job is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. And I'm like, "In on my worst days, I clean up the scraps." You know <laughs> what I mean? And that's not how I feel about my clients. That's not how I feel about the work I do. But when you compare it to yeah. something else, it gets you can get dark real easily, which is why I really try not to compare what I do to what Corey does Or what I do to what you do and right. what Maggie like I try not to do that because when you compare it if what you do is Paying your bills if you're not a strain on anybody and you you're not like actively being a douche canoe somewhere <laughs> Then just you're good But that's really hard to do when you start looking at what somebody else is doing yeah. Yeah, and how fall into that too. yes and if, and if you're in, yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you're in the spot where you're comf- comfortability or growth or all those co- questions aside, like, yeah, you got to go out of your comfort zone. But if, if you're m- managing and it's harder and harder to do in freaking like right now,
1: yeah
2: in these uncertain times, <laughs> sorry, you can't see my face, but I said that <clears throat> real douchey, <laughs> but if you, I mean, if you're managing, don't, don't compare your, you know. Bank statement to somebody else's. I'm not sure if it's comforting,
1: but um, it's not even like just between fields that people compare. Like, even in the same field, I'll compare myself to my coworkers. Sure, like, sure. People that have been in it longer than I have, and I'm like, well, why don't I get the same amount of respect as this person? Mm-hmm. Um, there's one person I keep in mind with that, uh, one of my coworkers, and I got a little, I got like snippy with him one day because he had gotten like admin rights to some server that I didn't get admin rights to. And he was,
2: that he time me, old tale.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he told me the second you start comparing yourself to other people is when you lose. Like you just feel bad.
2: I mean, yeah, I, that's when I, that's when I get low. That's when I feel like the little tiny sucker fish right. to Abby's, you know, ma- giant mako shark mm-hmm. that she's, you know, just zipping through the world.
1: But I'm sure she can relate really, because she's probably comparing herself to other.
2: The people. owner, of the whole, the owner of the pra- entire well, practice. And yeah, yeah not only that, but
0: to compare yourself with somebody who just went through. Years of school to get <laughs> yeah. to that point. Yeah. You're discrediting the years of school, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. that you also had. Yeah. It's familiar with David Foster Wallace. He's <clears throat> an author. He gave this speech uh, called This is Water. And I'm going to paraphrase the basic idea mm. of it. You should absolutely, who's listening, check this out. Uh, this is Water by David Foster Wallace. He's speaking to a group of college students um, to... You know they're graduates and he's sending them off into the world and giving them that final bit of advice but he he tells that he sets it up by telling the story about how there's these two fish swimming in the ocean and then this older fish swims by them and looks at them and he says how are you guys doing the water's great today isn't it and swims away and they keep going for a little while and then one of them looks at the other fish and says well, what the hell is water? <laughs> And gotcha. He's, he's talking about, he, <laughs> that's just to set it up. He goes off on this whole story of when you're an adult and you go to the grocery store after you got home from work from the commute you're describing mm-hmm. sure. and you realize you're out of eggs and you're, you don't have breakfast or you don't have what you need for dinner. So you go to the grocery store and you wait in a long line after you went through the pain of finding everything you needed amongst all these other annoying people. And there's a baby in front of you screaming and you're thinking, why is this happening to me? This sucks. Mm. Um And again, I'm paraphrasing to get to the point that in all of that, he describes uh, the place you really learn isn't in college. It's not in these Ivy League schools. The place where you really learn is when you're out amongst the people. It's when you're out in life, and he says the only way to, and forgive me again, I'm paraphrasing here, but the only way to really learn in those experiences in life is to pay attention Mm. and to be in the moment Mm. and to live your life that way. Um, and with how well I know you and your background when you're talking about um, not going on the college route but instead traveling the country yeah Um, because I was there (laughs) for you during that time and that was in a lot of ways our school because of what we learned being amongst all these different people in different walks of life and seeing how people do it yeah do life you know I, I saw so many different vocations Just from meeting people
2: and having lunch with them, yeah. Going to their house or going to their place of business, Um, or seeing how people live too. That's another. Not to cut you off, but to cut you off. um, (laughs) (laughs) Like when we try. I mean, we traveled heavily between our respective ages of like 18 and 22,
1: 23, college ages. College ages. We
2: were on the road often, pretty often, traveling, playing music, and I mean we we would leave this is i think why i don't have quite like a feeling of i gotta make this amount of money by the end of the year i've got to have this amount in my bank account because we would leave to go on these trips with what somebody would look at now as pennies (laughs) and we didn't really ever go super into debt In in like our personal debt, like our personal accounts.
0: Figure it out mentality that is taught in that whole walk, which is That's
2: exactly my point. If we were stranded, if we had no way to get to the next (laughs) thing, we number one, learned how to work together with the five or six of us that were on the trip, pulled our resources, even if they were personal funds, which is like not what you're eighteen. When you're eighteen or nineteen or twenty, you don't want to have to be you want, yeah, you want to have like a band. We'll say for the sake of this conversation, it was a band and you want to have that band, that, that dream, that thing you're aspiring to, to be self-sustaining, it's not realistic. You're gonna be putting in your own money often, but we always figured out how to get home. We always figured out how to get to the next show, <laughs> as long as the next show was happening and not
1: canceled specific, or flooded or I'm something. I'm remembering a specific <laughs> yeah. Facebook post I saw at one point. Oh, I mean, I'm... We're like, all of you, are you getting to it? No, but I'm I'm curious of what you it remember. It was just like, all of you guys outside of a Walmart with cardboard signs begging for money? <laughs> not <laughs> that, all of us, no, no, that I was like... like gas money. I want to say it was
0: you? No, that that was that was not even us that was
2: that was a different group oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that was
0: steve and we actually rescued them <laughs>
2: oh, we geez. were the guys oh, that had the, that. Was. we were we were the ones that had the working vehicle to no. get that group
0: excuse <laughs> me no we we got stranded maybe
2: once and it's because the first van died right but what what my my main point is just that we we learned how to work with difficult people because we were the difficult people we learned that the money didn't really matter as long as like the very base needs were met the the ramen that you're going to eat for the day the the gas that you had to put into this vehicle to get to the next city where you had the chance to make more money by selling a shirt or selling a cd or getting paid from the promoter hopefully so i don't know if you feel the same way Corey, but like that took precedence over trying to gain personal wealth because it's almost kind of addictive. That, that, well, on the, like being on the road, meeting the people, learning how other people get through sure. the world. That's. And that's what I'm getting at yeah. next is I don't know.
0: that personal and relational skill set mm-hmm. I've carried into every single job I've had sure. since then. And in, in, into any school situation I've been in as well, mm. I've been able to make the most and get the most out of those situations mm. because I know how to relate to people. Right. That's how I find different
2: than clients, whether it's guitar or dog sitting, right. because I'm not afraid to say, Oh, I, you have a dog? I do this thing with dogs that you could use someday. And people are like, mm. thanks for telling me.
0: So to compare yourself to someone who's got the Ivy League education, sure, it's not really a fair comparison because... back to this it's apples to bisons you know when you get out of that when you have been brought up in that school situation that's still not the real world right and then while you will have learned a set of valuable skills you still have to run it through a translator so Mm -hmm. to speak in order to be worth anything in the real world in that field that's a good point you don't just hit the ground running and then success comes your way not in every Mm -hmm. single case Mm. um so for you and me from that background, and more particularly as your story is the one being told here, the skills you brought from that have set you up to succeed in the gig economy. And even beyond just the gig economy, it kinda helps you survive as like a fancy cockroach. (laughs) Whatever it takes to make income, you kinda find a way to do it.
2: Honestly, in the 20 years that we've been this close, I never... We're six feet apart right now. I never... <laughs> I never thought I'd hear you call me a fancy cockroach, but it is... I've been saving it. It is the only thing I've ever wanted you to call me is a fancy cockroach. You know, you're
0: like a little... He's got a little bow tie and... The bow tie survived the I think he's blast got... As
2: well, yeah, yeah so. he's got a three piece suit on still. <laughs> fancy cockroach. Huh. You better write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, because that's... That's really good. <laughs> Fancy cockroach just brings some really good, like, imagery. New
1: so t-shirt. Great. We'll, we'll do a wrap-up. Quip and quirk t-shirt. Yeah, to wrap it up, I think we all kind of came up with the same idea of what success is. I think it's, it's a relatable concept that, like, everybody who came up in our generation might have about what success is. And I think whether or not that, like, holds up to your current life, what do you guys think? Do you think, like, success is still the same as it was when you were growing up?
2: Um, I mean, I had the, the benefit of having two parents that really, really were chill. Mm-hmm. They, they really just wanted to make sure, and they did it gently. They weren't forceful about it, and you couldn't really be forceful in this anyway, but they were really chill. They just wanted us to be happy. Mm-hmm. They, they've always just wanted us to be happy to go to sleep every single night not having to like worry about the craziness of the world or or where we fit into it so we grew up with just if you're enjoying what you're doing that's that's good enough that's beyond good enough for them mm-hmm. so i that was super helpful to be like i don't know what i like i guess i'll try all these other things that's <laughs> my little sister my little brother we all kind of had a similar experience where we just were able to try the thing and it was never well, we're not talking about trying skydiving right. or trying like you know jousting we were just, we're talking about simple stuff but we never had super crazy expectations put on us where we uh ne- uh Unnecessarily needed to feel like we've failed when we were just trying. Okay. I'll say it that way. So, so. by that definition, my my you're version you're of success, success. I f- yeah, I mean, yeah, when the bar is set on the floor, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I owe it to my parents, but yeah, I feel most days when I don't get into a, a spot where I'm comparing myself to other people, I love what I do and I feel plenty successful. How does that so. feel when you find that
0: what you're doing? Is something you actually are good at you mean like the, the fact that it's a skill with that mentality of setting the bar on the floor and being happy <laughs> that you're just enjoying what you're doing yeah, yeah, when yeah you find that you're good at that thing what does that bring a different sort of satisfaction as well or is that something you even really think about no no
2: nope. I don't even think about it I just <clears throat> because all the things that I do are very like client-based My skills... We'll take the dog-sitting section out of this because that's... I just... That's where the cockroach stuff comes (laughs) in. I need to be able to sleep on a different bed than my own. I need to be able to, you know, exist in houses that aren't mine. I have to be very much like I don't care about my surroundings a ton. So that's just a skill we learned on the road that I've translated into what I can make my job is I'll sleep at this person's house tonight. I have this other person's apartment next week. So that's the main dog sitting skill for guitar. Every student is at a different place and wants to do a different thing with guitar. So all I need to do to be sharp is be real. I've already put in my 10,000 hours, probably a hundred times. Like I'm not saying I'm the best guitar player. I, I'm not saying I'm the best guitar player to ever grace the city we live in even. I know I'm not the best guitar player, even in you know our zip code, but th- you don't have to be to teach because all I have to do is Listen to what is being played and know how to, ch- if it needs to be changed, how to change it, and where that student wants to go. So, in so the that path of improvement is the key there. Yes. Uh, all, I, all I care about is that the, the student is having a, a good time, but that I, I just have to be engaged in listening. My skills matter very, very little when it comes to that. But I don't sure. know if that answers your question. You know, sure to be does. a teacher, though, it's all about listening. Very sure. little about yourself. Mm. Well, that is a skill. In, in a... I guess it is. I guess, you know. I got a good set of years on me, bro.
1: Corey, <laughs> success now versus uh, when you were a kid. Does it stack up?
0: Um, my idea of success when I was a kid was let's survive. Let's survive to be an adult. Mm. That would
2: have been success for me. I, I can. I can corroborate that. <laughs> we, I was there for all this time with Corey. <laughs> like that's. There were some. There were on the side of some dark days, and yeah. and getting to adulthood. I think if little Corey could see big Corey, he'd be like. I think about that all the time. That's what I. I can do that. I think we would not recognize each other. I don't think so. <laughs> but I also, think you're right. success
0: as I. Uh, started, and this is why I asked the question mm-hmm. I did about when you feel like you're good at something. Sure. My idea of success sort of changed when I realized I was good at some things mm-hmm. that I had been practicing. And I hadn't been practicing those skill sets for the purpose of having a career. They just sort of came from all of the various things I was doing to make the uh, traveling dream work that Yeah, that yeah. we were on. So oh, we had the dream. Yeah, so once I came out of that, I went to barber school that was a big that was a big testing ground of all the various skills that I'm talking about that just kind of budded on their own Um, because again I was enjoying what I was doing so it didn't feel like labor Mm. when I was sowing those seeds and raising that garden up of those interpersonal and relational skills but when I got to the barber school and got involved in learning the trade in that sense. It was, I mean, I, I had the technical side down to learn because, you know, I'd love to learn anything that's technical in nature and read, read all the books I could find in in the damn school and and then the rest was just dealing with people. Because in that line of work, you're not learning everything from the books. So much of it is hands-on instruction, and, and not just instruction but paying attention, watching how this person is doing these tasks and demonstrating these skills. And then the next half of it was, of course, getting involved in the field. But I think through that process, my idea of success, it, it really changed because right around when I decided that I didn't want to cut hair anymore was when I I guess I could look back and pinpoint that as a moment where I re- really was saying to myself, uh, this being a career... And doing well at this is not my idea of success. My idea of success is finding something that I enjoy doing and that I won't. And this is the big one for me. I won't get bored doing. Mm. I've had so many different jobs because I just get bored.
2: You learn how to do it, and then there's... You feel like you finished it. There's you've complete. Else. You've completed the video game.
0: Not that I'm a master of barbering, but like...
2: You saw the pathway ahead of it was the same thing for right. 20 to 25 and years. And
0: even, even in the short time I was doing it, like... We've been doing the same damn thing four <laughs> different ways every single day, and that was it. Two on the sides, long on top, baby. And I'm not, Give me a pompadour. I'm not trying to diminish the, the skill set at all. I, I have friends who are still barbers, and I, I mean, I got involved in it because I was interested in it. It's still an interest of mine, yeah. but I, it's not what I want to do every day. So I value the skill set because, again, even with what I learned in mm. cutting hair and the techniques and process idea of that whole job I've taken into my current job. So yeah, my idea of success now, I think will align similarly with what both of you are saying, which is just being able to enjoy myself with what I'm doing because, and this is probably the only plus side of COVID that I'm going to throw out here in this conversation, for the sake of this conversation. And that's that since my commute has been removed, I enjoy my job more than I one because I'm able to stay at home and that's more comfortable, but you know, two. I- I'm I'm more okay with working longer hours because I don't have the commute anymore. But sure. that also directly means I have more time after work for the things that I do enjoy.
2: Dude, eight eight hours goes by way faster when you're in your dirty underwear,
1: dude. Have <laughs> 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 you been watching? I just know. Jeez. Mm. Maggie, success when you were a kid versus now
3: Yeah, it's interesting that perspective of like looking at yourself now as like a a young you because I hadn't really thought about that up until the mention of it Mm. of like what I would think I think I probably think I'm pretty kick-ass right now
2: Mm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) sick
3: because like I was this little girl that was super anxious lived in the same town her entire life like didn't know anything but her comfort bubble and the fact that like I went to college I got my degree and then like I just started going after jobs and then like those didn't work and I got kicked a couple times and now I'm just kind of winging it and doing okay and staying afloat I think That, like, the younger version of me would probably think that I made it.
1: The freelance thing? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, I guess looking at kind of what I thought of success in my parents back then, because my dad was a contract, he owned a contracting business, and my mom was in real estate, and they were like, they were doing really well, and then the economy tanked, and then they weren't doing really well. Um, but even then, like, they managed to do pretty well after that. Um, I guess that's kind of where the bar was for me. And then, like, watching my siblings go through college and then struggle to find jobs right outside of college, because they were also trying to look for jobs when the economy tanked. Like, I kind of had that expectation of, like, oh shit, stuff might not work out right away once I get out of college. Uh... I don't know I've had like a lot of different angles and perspectives when it comes to success but I think I always just wanted to find something that I liked doing and could make money at and for like a while I thought that that was like horseback riding and then I thought that that was combining my passion with my skills and doing like marketing and something with horses and I didn't even go that route and now I'm just like yeah I'm kind of okay with this like I haven't there's still those days when I play the comparison game.
2: It's easy to do.
3: Yeah. And I'm like, shit, I'm not successful. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, how did they get there? And I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in the perspective of younger me, I probably think I'm pretty successful. It's hard. I need to keep that mindset more. It's hard to keep that mindset. I think
1: that's probably a good one to keep. Yeah. Because yeah, then you're comparing yourself to a child.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> not harder, not too hard to be better than a child. I'm just
2: amazed that you said comfort bubble because I didn't know anyone else knew my nickname for Corey's butt cheeks. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you know. It makes it takes a big weight off of me. We've been getting very close, the yeah. three of us. Yeah, because my,
3: yeah,
2: I mean, that's my comfort bubble. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, now we share a comfort. <sighs> bubble
2: I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Why don't you bring that comfort bubble over closer to me?
1: Six feet, six feet. I understand. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, man. Hey, you're not welcome. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to take like five more minutes and plug all of stuff, Five out, minutes?! Will Dude, this'll be over so in,
2: this'll be over in freaking thirty seconds. Tell us what you're doing. Tell you what I'm doing. Well, I drive down the highway every single day to go to my guitar students' houses. Um,
1: if somebody wanted to get a guitar lesson from you, sure. how would they go about doing that?
2: They could probably find me on Instagram, okay. which is B Fingerman. All one big long word B Fingerman. not to
1: laugh
2: while it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> we were just talking about being children, so go ahead and laugh. <laughs> <coughs> Fingerman on Instagram. You could DM me if you were so interested in getting guitar lessons or if you have dogs that need to be watched while you're out of town mm-hmm. in 2026 when we can go travel again. Uh, that's also that Instagram. And then if you are interested in a very, very long backlog of podcast episodes into the 70s or 80s, there's plenty of episodes to listen to. You can find Doggy Club Podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and then on uh, Instagram doggy club podcast you can look at that and listen about you know stories about lots of instagram dogs that you may have already followed because i they're think really one cute.
1: of my favorite instagram dogs mm-hmm.
2: uh perry the pity oh oh gotta be one of the best. i understand i understand <laughs> yeah. this plug so my dog is cuter than uh, whoever's listening my dog's cuter than your dog sorry <laughs> perry the pity on instagram you can see what she gets up to her little hijinks P-E-R-I P-E-R-I, yeah, not like, um, not not P-E-R-R-Y Don't do that That's a bad way to spell it P-E-R-I, um, Perry the Pity And, uh, I don't know, yeah, guitars, dogs, music every now and then When Corey and I get up to it And that's what I'm doing So check all those things out And if you're looking for a new hobby Just type in Disc Golf into Google And just... Taking the country by storm. Just just watch. Everybody's just doing it. Just watch disc golf and play disc golf because that's how Changing a lot of life. people got through uh, quarantine and it's a lot more fun than it probably looks. It sounds lame, it's way more fun than you think. That's what I do now.
0: Look up that <laughs> trick shot uh,
2: Look up by that.
1: One Shot Woody actually
2: <laughs> on YouTube. Look up you that trick shot. <laughs> All right,
1: thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.